It's Nick here, and you're listening to CFUV 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the traditional territories of the Songhees, Esquimalt, and Husanich people. Hello, welcome to episode number two, season nine. And today, we are going to have a wonderful guest, again, Ellie Verdugo, who uses the pronouns they, them. Ellie is a non-binary, a beautiful Joto, Marica, from Mexico. Ellie is a master's student here at the University of Victoria, and they recently have been awarded with the fellowship from the Chair of Transgender Studies, where they are also part of it. We are so proud of you, Ellie. Thank you for being here. We know you have been also working across different organizations and in different countries as an advocate for the LGBTQ rights. Especially in the past, you have been working so hard in Mexico where you funded the nonprofit La Paz Es Diversa. You have been working with several gender diverse communities and through your own research and advocacy work, especially with trans children, youth, and their families. It is great to have you here and launch this episode during the Trans Awareness Week. We are so proud to have you here and to talk about your current research project that seeks to further the knowledge of trans youth mental health using community-based participatory action research principles to inform public policy, to promote trans youth rights and promote social change to benefit the trans community. So it's going to be a very interesting conversation and I want to advise everyone that we are going to discuss topics and terminologies which you may agree, you may not agree, and you may have other knowledge systems or other backgrounds. And it's just, just like kind of like a disclosure because also in order to have a rich conversation beyond the jargon, I'm going to invite Ellie in many times during the conversation um, to clarify concepts and share with us valuable thoughts. I will make some rhetoric questions and I will bring some doubts to the table. So my role will be a little bit coming from the ignorance, but also from real curiosity, because sometimes it will be real and sometimes uh, I will be more like playing a role in order to come up with a rich conversation, to bring the light to the concepts um, for you, for all our listeners. And yeah, I'm also showing a little bit of vulnerability here because I am also learning and I think and I believe that many others out there are also open to learn new ideas, new ways to use language and yeah, just in general to learn. So I wanted to let you know um, that we will have this dynamic. It is a great exercise, but also um, it can be it can become a personal process. And indeed, we think, um, I think that we are all learning. And we know that language is always evolving, especially when it's coming from communities and we can add, um, we can have debates, we can have different opinions, and that's totally okay because that's how we create, that's how we innovate, and that's how we come up with social fights and we ask for social change. So I'm pretty excited about this episode. Please enjoy it. Enjoy episode number two, season nine.
Hi, Maddie. Um, I'm Eli Verdugo. Pronouns are they, them. I am from La Paz, Mexico, and I'm currently a student, a master's student in the Social Dimensions of Health program here at UVic. Let's go to the point. Here we are uh, for this episode in the podcast Beyond the Jargon at CFUV. And Beyond the Jargon is a program for um, grad students, from grad students, with grad students. Nice. And I know you are a grad student. I'm yes. so proud of you. Thank you. Uh, could you maybe share with the audience um, what's your, what has been your journey in the academia and here at UVic? Well, here at UVic, I'm part of the Social Dimensions of Health program. I'm a master's student. And, um, well, I started last year. Um, I have my I have a bachelor in social psychology, and right now, um, what I'm doing is uh, continuing focusing on mental health through the program. But not just that; I'm actually focusing on um, mental health and um, LGBTQ plus uh, communities. Uh, more specifically, I'm working with transgender uh, youths. Wow, it sounds uh, very complex and very interdisciplinary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, I think the main, if I could only choose one word to describe the social dimensions of health program, it would be <laughs> interdisciplinary. <laughs> and so how has been your um, experience at UVic as an international student? I think my experience um, has changed over the past few months. I mean, I haven't been in Victoria for I mean I have been here for less than a year so every month has been different you know like the first month it was like very overwhelming um I didn't know how the system worked I had a lot of uh, questions I like well having you here was great because I like I every minor detail uh, I could ask you and that helped a lot like to nav navigate everything um the teachers they are great I think Um, they are really committed to change. Like, you know, because I think a lot of the time what I see in research is that it just stays in academia and I just see how my teachers are people who are committed um, to this idea that research shouldn't be just for knowledge, knowledge production, but also to influence and impact uh, society. Mm. If that, if I'm explaining myself. Yeah, so th what matters to you is to bring um, theory to practice and to have more implementation science project and to go out in the community for the benefits of the community and not just in the ivory tower, right? The ivory tower, yeah, of course. And I actually think, well, I'm still working on my research proposal. It should be done in the following days, mm. <laughs> I hope. And I want to uh, guide my work on the community-based participatory action research framework, which is exactly that. Like you uh, prioritize the voices from the community and you uh, aim to produce knowledge and produce um, yeah, research that is helpful to the community, that is aligned to their objectives and their goals and their needs, yeah. right? Instead of just producing knowledge for the sake of it. And, and uh, now that you mentioned producing knowledge so for some scholars, it will be co-producing knowledge because you yeah. are doing it with the community. Yes. And for other scholars, it's actually not producing and not co-producing. It's documenting the knowledge that already exists in those communities. And mm -hmm. you are kind of like an observer. So there are different approaches, but definitely the community-based approach is a great one. I always think that it requires a lot of time 
and commitment and sometimes the budget needs to be according to that timeline mm. uh, building relationships and trust are key components of community-based participatory action research um, and for a master's program it sometimes it's limited because of the time Mm-hmm. And you are in a master's program, but I understand that you already have some relationships built that you're gonna bring into your work, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, true. I'm actually I think of this project as a continuation of my previous uh, thesis that I did for my bachelor, because I've been working for a few years with the trans community in La Paz, in my hometown, and so through these years of working with them. I've built strong relationships with them, and they're actually very aware of what I'm doing right now. They know what I'm thinking of. I Every time I come up with an idea for the research uh, project, um, although I cannot technically collect data because of ethics, of course, I do like to share what I'm thinking with them just to get an idea if that makes sense to them. You know, I think one of the limitations that I've found Um, being in a master's program, is that you have to choose the research questions and you have to choose the methods and you have to, um, well, you have to be the researcher, right? You have to be the one guiding. And to me, that's just complex because how am I going to co-produce knowledge with that community if I'm the one um, making the questions, imposing the methods? And so that has been um, complex, but I think... (laughs) <laughs> just having these casual conversations with the community members has been very helpful to me to not be the researcher who is just like um, doing everything and then just co-opting the community's low knowledge, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you are sharing those uh, concerns because I think most of the students who are interested in these pathways have been through the same concerns and, and I'm glad you are sharing that and I'm sure you will find better ways to resolve this uh, and keep the balance between ethics and ethics processes and administrative processes and also the the community commitment and and that um, relationship to honor those relationships while you also um, take care of your academic journey yeah, yeah it's it's quite a journey um, and would you like to share about why comes to your interest the transgender topic what it means what it involves people who is listening maybe it's not as familiar as you and I are with the concepts of transgender and especially now that the pride just happened here in Victoria mm. it was a big topic uh, it was part of the conversations on many tables but also many questions I could perceive many members of the community are having more questions than answers Of course. Um, So for the people who don't know um, what transgender means, um, there is a key word here that one has to know, which is trans. Trans comes from Latin, I believe, and it means to traverse. And so this word is accompanied with cis, C-I-S. And cis on the other side means um, the same side. I'm going to explain less if like cis is like the same side, trans means the other side, right? And so when you say transgender, you're talking about someone whose gender doesn't align to the gender that they were imposed at birth. Whereas cisgender, which is the same side, 
refers to someone whose gender is the same as the one that was imposed at their birth, right? And so this is very complex, right? Because when you talk about transgender people, you're not just talking about binary transgender people so, or like um, trans men or, or trans women. You're also talking about non-binary trans people. And this includes a lot of different options and a lot of different identities that are a part of this spectrum or this umbrella. Um, I actually identify as non-binary myself. I actually prefer the word joto, which is a word that we use a lot in Spanish, uh, especially in Mexico. Uh, I see that you're laughing. You I am, not... I am because uh, when I'm thinking about joto, it's more like a, a mean word. Like yeah. if you say it's someone, it's more like a bullying, right? Yeah. But that... you are taking with with pride. Yeah, and I, I I think that's the idea, right? Like I don't, I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I'm a joto, and I am. Um, I don't want to align to the binary system of gender. So binary. Let's let's maybe deep into that. Uh, non-binary and binary. Uh, what it means? Yeah. So basically, um, um, binary means that uh, you are either a man or a woman. Like that, you are either in these two categories, right? And so the binary system is telling us that there are only these two options and that they are aligned to sex. For example, if you're born with a penis, then you have to grow up and become a man. And as a man, you have to be straight in order to be um, like a full, fully a man. I don't know if, if that sounds... It sounds weird because it's weird. Gender is so weird. And then on the other hand, if you're born with a vulva... Um, you have to grow and become a woman, and then you also have to be straight. That means that you have to be attracted to men. But um, as we've learned more about our, our history and gender and all the diversity that exists, we've learned that those are not the only options and that they are actually more complex. Like you can be born uh, with a penis and then grow up and identify as non-binary like myself, for example, and then be attracted to all genders, for example, not just... Um, uh, women, for example, I don't know. That's that's just a way that how these things can um, merge, and they are like way more complex than we think. And so that's the binary system, right? And um, if you identify as a man or a woman, it means that you have a binary identity, which is fine. Like you can be a cisgender man or a cisgender woman, or you can be a trans man or a trans woman. That's yeah. a binary identity. I, I I love how you are explaining it and it's very clear and hopefully for people who is listening, they are also getting uh, more information about this because lately there are so many concepts and so many categories, I would say, like the non-binary, binary, and then gender fluid. I love that one mm -hmm. because I think gender fluid is like, it, it, it actually sounds beautiful, like fluid, like just like dancing. Like and water. I know. <laughs> It feels natural also. Um, and just to clarify, I, I'm not sure if I'm okay or right, but is gender fluid like um, a chance to be in all those spectrums and umbrellas and categories? Like kind of jump to one to another depending of life circumstances, decisions. Or day, just day-to-day -day, um, decisions, you know. Um, but gender fluid is not the same as non-binary. Already. Right. So um, let's think of this as umbrellas. I think that's that helped me a lot to understand it. Yeah. There's a uh, trans umbrella, 
which includes every person whose gender identity does not align to the one that they were imposed at birth. So basically anyone who is not cisgender, right? And within the trans umbrella, there's a binary identities, which is trans man, trans man or trans woman. And then um, there's another tiny umbrella over there as well called uh, the non-binary. Let's call it the non-binary umbrella. And so um, the non-binary umbrella includes every person who is transgender. That means their um, gender identity does not align to the one they were imposed at birth, but they are also not binary. Like they do not identify as a man or a woman. They could be both. They could be neither. They could be any other option. They could change like uh, gender fluid people. And so it's complex. Uh, and I would like to say that it's very important to listen to community members and people who um, ha are trans to um, learn more about this. I'm not the final word. I'm just sharing what I know from my Yeah, and knowledge is changing, right? Knowledge and it's is changing, changing all the time. There are so many options. And I think that's part of it, like what we need is that um, all these options are recognized. All these options are recognized as valid and they are not um, excluded, of course. Yeah. Ellie, I remember when I, because, I don't know, like 10 years ago, many of these concepts were not there. Um, maybe 20 years ago, I remember transvesti was the word. Yeah. And transgender was not um, like in the vocabulary mm -hmm. as common as, as it is right now. Mm -hmm. um, is there is, is transvesti a word that people keep using it or no or, or what it means in these current times so another thing to uh, have in mind when thinking about gender is that gender um, is not universal Oh, so gender um, can vary to the understanding of gender of each community or each place and it also depends on the time so for example um, in English, we wouldn't, we wouldn't use transvestite anymore because it's um, it can be... F um, it's a, it's a, a bad word? It like could a be a it bad be word. Rude? That's my understanding so far okay. from the English-speaking countries. But okay. for example, in Latin America, like in Brazil and Mexico, a lot of people still use travesti and it's a completely valid identity as well. And yeah, like what you mentioned about expression... That's <laughs> yeah. another story, That's right? another, another layer of the... Another layer to understand gender because there's gender identity, which is the way you understand yourself and you leave the world. And then there's gender expression, which is how you communicate um, your gender to the world, right? So when you see a person, you can only see the gender expression. You cannot really see their gender identity because that's very complex and that's within themselves, right? That's why it's very important to always ask for pronouns. Even though we may assume that the person has a binary gender identity and that and, and their gender um, may be what we think it is, it's better not to assume. Let's just ask for pronouns all the time. And my pronouns are they, them, for example. That's a very, very good um, suggestion. Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. So what's, um, what's your goal with this research? Like, what do you want to achieve um, I understand you have this big topic like transgender. You have this other topic like mental health, well-being, your psychology background, and then the social determinants of health or social mm. dimensions of health. So how do you put all these pieces together and what is your goal? So 
that's a good question and it's actually attached to the previous question how did i get into this project right like a lot of people are like well why are you uh, working on this why it's are you interested in this and this is part of a larger story that I will <laughs> uh, make, it shorter, make like a brief an, version. Yeah, I'll make a short version of it. I basically um, got uh, involved with the trans community in Mexico City uh, around five years ago uh, through activism, through working uh, as a psychologist in a not-for-profit not over there. And then I volunteered in a trans families network uh, that is... Um, <laughs> uh, and the, the headquarters of the Trans Families Network is in Mexico City, and so I started to work with them. And I found this really beautiful community, this really beautiful place where gender identity was celebrated, right? Being trans is something beautiful. And so I learned that there, and just having this feeling of community and this feeling that I could be myself, that was really life-changing for me. And so that's when I started to understand that what I felt regarding my own gender was that I was, well, I am non-binary, right? And so I understood that and I um, uh, lived this process of transition with a community. And I thought that was like really life-changing for me. It was really beautiful. And it also helped a lot with my mental health, right? So this was in Mexico City. As you know, Mexico is a country that centers everything in Mexico City and the rest of the, the states are basically <laughs> forgotten or left behind in so many uh, subjects. And we come from a peninsula, from La Paz, which is a very small town. And so when I finished my bachelor and I went back home, I realized that we didn't have a space like that to celebrate bring, being trans or celebrate being LGBTQ. Uh, two plus, right? And so um, through my thesis, what I did in my bachelor was to start a community over there. And it was beautiful because we were part of a movement and we became a community and we started building um, networks and doing great things. And now we have uh, transgender identity recognition in our state and we have managed uh, to ban conversion therapy over there as well. And so connected to what I want to do with my project is just to continue on this line of work to obtain more tools to provide my community um, and ways to um, keep promoting change in our state so that we become an, uh, a truly LGBTQ plus friendly place, right? And I focus on trans youths because I've seen myself through the work in the community that they are the ones that are usually um, the most excluded mm -hmm. you know um, unfortunately and so I don't know like what I want my project is huge what I can do with my project I don't know like my supervisors always telling me are always telling me to <laughs> keep it real you know because I want to change the world but our research project cannot do that on its own so i just want to contribute to that change cause. the world change the world is a good answer for this <laughs> podcast of course and it reminds me in one of the um protests uh, that i was last year they had a big sign and it says change the system but system was read, written like cis yeah like the cis gender that you were explaining at the beginning of this interview yeah uh, so ch change the system changing that way of thinking uh, binary and just 
to the imposing or assigned as born. And then I love how all the possibilities um, that we have to be ourselves and to celebrate who we are are more feasible at these times thanks to the work of people like you. And I can say that also not only in the academia, but also in in practice, like in our community back in Mexico, in La Paz, uh, because for people who don't know, um, who, who doesn't know, we are both from La Paz, Mexico. And uh, Ellie and his uh, network's friends and organi the organization that he found there has been truly important in the changes for good uh, in terms of legislation and uh, culture also, I will say. Um, what's the name of the organization? And maybe if you want to share something around that, uh, La Paz es Diversa, right? That's the yeah, name. Yeah, La Paz es Diversa. Yeah. I think that's a very, like, a key um, key part of your work, right? Like, Yeah, it's a big like part a of stone. what keeps me moving. You know, it's um, I came here because I want to continue the work that we're doing in our nonprofit. And because, and in order to do that, we need more resources. We need more people from the community to have um, access to all of this uh, knowledge. Or, you know, like all that, I, the way I see it is I am here thanks to a community, thanks to a community whose knowledge I'm carrying with myself. And I'm also here because I want to contribute to that same community with what I'm learning and I'm doing. And that's what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm up here in Victoria, Canada, but all the time I'm just sharing what I learn with my community all the time. And that's what keeps me going. You know, I think of myself not, not, as, a, like, not as an individual, but as a part of a collective, which is what keeps me going. Wonderful. So going back to the international student experience, um, uh, what what resources can you um, share with other students uh, about being here in UVic? What what type of support resources have been helpful for you in order to be more, um, yeah, for the easy transition from La Paz, from Mexico to Victoria to a new country, and then especially with these complex topics. Are there any um, networks that you find here also that work with that? And I know, well, because I know you, it's kind of like a rhetoric question, but um, I, I know you're su one of your supervisors is uh, one of the key academics and scholars here at UVic working with transgender um, topics. So maybe can you share that experience as an international student coming to Canada and working with these topics and what kind of supports did you find? And if you would like to share those supports for others that may be in the same situation as you coming, uh, and I, I don't want to say it, but I will say it anyway. Um, are you, did you also get the fellowship from transgender studies? Okay, so um, yeah, I did. I, I, I did get it. I jumped all the way. I jumped yeah, all that's the way okay. to the support. <laughs> and the reason I say this is because I can imagine other students, maybe from Taiwan, from Brazil, from Europe, I don't know, from uh, other countries, thinking about coming here and finding this kind of hub and support. And the transgender studies uh, has been a a key place. But I'm already giving answers, uh, and sorry about that. That's but I'm okay. so excited, and I. <laughs> I want to stop now and give you the space to talk about that. Thank you, Maddie. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm part of the chair in transgender studies, 
which is a wonderful place. Um, Dr. DeVore, my supervisor, of course, is the founder and chair of the uh, Chair in Transgender Studies. And he has um, built this space for his students to uh, make connections. So I've become friends with many of the students at the trans chair, and we're always like uh, sharing resources or sometimes just going for coffee or doing these kind of things, which was great. Um, another, um, well, you know, when you're coming from a different country, it's very hard to build these connections, especially when you don't have the uh, same culture or same language. And so something that helped me as well to feel more connected to the people here was uh, Latins Without Borders, uh, which is uh, a club here at Juvik. And that was great for me as a person from Latin America, of course, to have these friends uh, who I shared uh, culture with. And I also joined Uvic Pride. Uh, there's a Pride room very close to where we are right now. And that's that was also very helpful for me. And yeah, and there are also, of course, uh, mental health uh, resources for students here at Uvic, which was also very helpful because I arrived in the fall and then it became the winter very soon after that. And that was just very harsh for me, especially because I felt so disconnected from my community back home. And so, yeah, these spaces were perfect. Um, they helped me a lot. And then, of course, I applied to the fellowship uh, uh, from the trans, uh, Trans Transgender Studies. And I encourage every trans plus uh, person to apply as well and to approach the things that we're doing, at the, they are doing at the Trans Transgender Studies. It's just uh, wonderful to have this here at UVic, truly. You well, those are great, great resources. Thank you for sharing those, uh, and congratulations about the fellowship. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I I know we didn't talk about that fellowship before, but I I think um, Nancy told me about it, and mm. she was so proud of you. You have great supervisors. I you do. already mentioned it, uh, Dr. Aaron from the chair of um, transgender studies, and your second supervisor. It's Nancy from Social Social Justice Studies. Yeah, right? Dr. Nancy Clark. She's the director of the Social Justice yeah. Studies program. Yeah. And I know you're working with her in a project related to refugees. That's right? That's correct. We're working with uh, Syrian men who are newcomers to Canada. And this is a really cool project because we're using Photo Voice, which is a uh, community-based participatory action research method. That's a very long <laughs> sentence. And uh, it's wonderful because I'm also working with community here, which is what I love. I just want to be with people all the time and, and share and connect. And so what we're trying to learn with this project is um, their experiences with labor participation and how this influences their mental health. Yeah. Well, um, another topic to touch base on um, and I want to cover it, it's important for international students, is in relationship to financial and budgets and how do we support financially or st like staying in Canada. It's expensive usually for any person coming from Latin America. Uh, for us, the peso, and then when you do the exchange currency to Canadian dollars, it usually impacts us negatively. So... Finding having a good supervisor that will support you in getting some TA opportunities or RA research assistant, teacher assistant opportunities 
um, it, it's critical for our survival here in, in the for university. Sure. Um, so I, I encourage everyone to ask for those opportunities. I know we have also the work study um, or permit kind of like that university gives you to get more jobs across campus. Uh, but are, are there any suggestions that you will give to international students in order to get closer to those um, job positions in an entry point as an international student? And, and I know sometimes there are other barriers like time barriers or language barriers, knowledge barriers. Um, but how have you been navigating those challenges in order to get more support financially as well? Well, first of all, as you mentioned, I am very lucky with my supervisors. They are the both of them are wonderful, both of them are really committed, and I've learned so much through them. And they've also, um, both of them, um, hired me as research assistant. Um, I'm working with Nancy on this project, and I'm also part of another project with uh, Dr. Devore. That's very helpful, of course. Um, something else that helped me a lot was just to keep an eye always on every job posting, on every opportunity, and just sending a bunch, a bunch of emails to a lot of people. I think for me, one of the things that was hard for me was to just deal with rejection a lot. Because, of course, uh, when you come to a new country, uh, your experience abroad is important, yeah, but it's not... Um, it doesn't give you that much leverage to get a job or anything else here, right? So I just had to deal with rejection a lot. And send. I, I think sending a lot of emails and just not giving up helped me a lot to um, also get other casual jobs and uh, other opportunities. Also regarding uh, funding, I think that has been that's the hardest part for me because, of course, to a lot of uh, Canadian programs, you cannot apply if you are not... A permanent resident or uh, or you have a Canadian nationality and so what I've been doing is just keep on searching and looking everywhere um, I think uh, I expected someone to guide me on this and I learned that there isn't really such a thing so you just have to keep looking and um, I've applied to like three other funding things and I'm just waiting uh, for emails of uh, back from them and I think I mean I don't know if I'll get any funding but I'll, I'll just keep trying you know that's a great uh, <laughs> and thank you for sharing that kind of vulnerability as well because the rejection part I also echo that I also went past like my experience also had some of those like you send 10 emails maybe 30 and you can get one yes but that's the only thing we need one yes so yeah. just uh, don't give up if you get 30, no, 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 and one yes. That's the only thing we need. Um, there are many challenges for international students, but I can see how you have a great future uh, in your horizon. horizon. In your horizon. <laughs> I love that word. I don't know why. I always imagine like a sunset with mountains and a great sun, and that's how I see your future. Like, mm, Thank uh, you very like much, beautiful. Maddie. Because you have been doing great job out there in the community back in Mexico, in, in Mexico City, in La Paz. And now you are doing it also here in Victoria and at Juvik. Are there any comments uh, that you would like to share with us before we wrap up this interview? Anything that we haven't commented yet? 
Um, I cannot think of anything on the top, off the top of my head right now. But I would like to say that if you have any question on uh, trans plus issues or mental health or community-based uh, research, uh, and I can be of help, uh, can I share my email? Sure. How can we reach oh. out to you? <laughs> yes, you can reach out. Yeah, that's actually a, a good question um, to yeah. ask. How can we contact you? So if you need anything um, that I can be of help with, please do reach me at uh, E-L-I... V-E-R-D-U-G-O at uvic.ca. Eliverdugo at dot C-A. At uvic.ca. I think that's complicated, right? To Can you to can you repeat again? I'll your, say it again. Yeah, go ahead. It's E-L-I-V-E-R-D-U-G-O at uvic.ca. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for inviting me, Maddie. Yeah, thank you. Music in this episode by Keep Calm and podcast with the title One Fine Day. Thank you to our guest, Oliver Dugo. You can find out more about their work in the show notes. Likewise, you can find a link to register to the upcoming events from the Transgender Share Archives here at UVic. This podcast was produced by CFUV with financial support from the University of Victoria's Graduate Student Society and their members. CFUV is a non-profit radio station broadcasting from the University of Victoria campus on the traditional, unceded, unsurrendered territories of the Saanich and Lekwungen's peoples. Visit cfubpodcast.com or search for CFUV wherever you get your podcast for more homegrown, cutting-edge content. <laughs>